Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to the 168th episode of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a front-end developer who has been writing code since he was eight years old. He enjoys people, code, and talking to people about code. He now travels around the world encouraging, educating, and empowering developers in the web development community. So a warm welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Tejas Kumar. Hello. Hi, Tejas. So the first thing I'd like to maybe ask you to do is give us a bit of an understanding or an insight into what you're currently doing regarding your traveling around the world and, and talking to developers and empowering them in the uh, web development area. You know, I did my first talk last year in June at JSConf Europe. I think it was well received. Um, and since then, I, I got so into it that I I had decided like I wanted to talk at every JSConf event worldwide because there's so many. It's a family of events, right? And I, I just got into speaking at things and I, I grew to really enjoy it. Um, not so much the stress of like preparing a talk, you know, but, <laughs> but more the, the conversation. And, and yes, the conversation in the talk, because I try to structure my talks as dialogue, but also the conversations after. I get to hear stories from people who, especially with the front end community, they've come from all kinds of very interesting backgrounds. Like I know people who were like architects, but not web architects. Like they built, they designed buildings, you know? Um, (laughs) I know like people who used to be lawyers who decided, you know what, this isn't satisfying me. I want to be an engineer. And I get to hear these really cool stories. And for me, that's the value. So I work on a team of engineers. I I, um, do a lot of engineering work myself and we learn some cool things and I travel around talking about them. Um, But usually I'm, I'm very interested in the conversation after. So in terms of the numbers of um, conferences, talks you've done, how many have you clocked up now? Uh, yeah, last year was, um, I think I did like seven conferences in six months. <laughs> right. That's pretty good. Well, yeah, it's fun. But, I, you know, it's by no means, like I, a friend of mine, Sarah Vieira, she has some kind of record, man. She did like 47 conferences last year or something. Wow. Yeah, she's, you know, she's well known and rightly so. Um, she does a lot for the community. But for me, I try to do just maybe one a month or so because it's, it's quite hard to balance with like a personal life routine. You know, like if, if you have like a gym routine, for example, it's you can't have routine <laughs> when you're traveling around. So. No, very true. Yeah. So have you got any conferences coming up? Yes. There's one that I can't say yet because they haven't announced, but um, the other one is in September and it's at JSConf Budapest. So it's it's quite cool to add to my list of JSConfs. You know, I that's that, that's something of a dream of mine. Like call it silly or you know, but it I'd love to have given a talk at every single JSConf in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, maybe that's a new objective for you. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny because I um so I'm almost married to um, you know my fiance and. She was with me when I gave my first talk ever at, at JSConf, and I was very excited. So I said to her, okay, no, this is it. I'm going to do every single JSConf ever. And, you know, she just was like, oh, that's so you, because I tend to be a very extreme person. Like, I'll, I'll eat a really good sausage and be like, this is the best sausage I've ever had in my life. 
and, and it may not be, but I'm just very amplified. So she was like, oh, you, you know, so it'd be nice to prove her wrong yeah. <laughs> and actually follow through, you know. Cool. Okay. Um, so Tejas, can you perhaps share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not know and really should? Yeah, I think so. I've been, you know, I had a conversation um, at work yesterday over lunch and um, I kind of just voiced my realization that the IT industry is so full of faux confidence, like, like facades, like we all have faces pretending we know stuff. Like we'll be in technical meetings and we'll hear buzzwords and as maybe a front-end developer with a lot of client-side experience, but not so much um, like ops infrastructure experience or cloud architecture experience. Like it's not uncommon, at least for me, to be in a technical meeting and hear opsy buzzwords like, like you know, like Kubernetes or something and go yeah. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, I know exactly. Yeah, namespaces, config maps, totally. You know, like I feel like we often feign and pretend like we know stuff because somehow that's, unfortunately, that's the culture that we've cultivated. And my career tip, I, I would say, is please be aware that we're all just, most of us are pretending to know stuff and we don't. And we're, <laughs> we're often asking ourselves on the inside, should I pretend to know this or should I confess that I don't and maybe learn? Yeah. And at least in, in, the, in my case, like personally speaking, I unfortunately, to my shame, I often pretend like, oh yeah, no, I, you're talking about a a square matrix of n dimension, like whatever, you know, like I, I often pretend like I know stuff when the truth is I didn't go to university and I don't have a degree in this stuff. So there's gaps in my knowledge. Yeah. Do you ever follow up on things that you don't know after, after a meeting like that? So maybe something's mentioned and you just go out and find, you know, find out a little bit about it. So next time it comes up, you've got a bit of an insight as to what's been talked about. That's, you know, in an ideal world, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, it's typically I leave the meeting and I, I feel bad about it for a while. And I'm just like, oh, man, I should know this. And um, But then I get cracking on the next task on my to-do list. Right? I sometimes want to ask people, and sometimes I do, but I'd say like seven out of 10 times, I just um, feel a great deal of shame that prevents me from asking about it. And then I just continue on with my to-do list. Yeah, I think embarrassment or shame can uh, prevent people asking the right questions at times. Yeah, and it's sad that that we've created a. At least it seems to me like the 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 engineering culture. There seems to be this element of shame in it that, uh, that I'm not sure how I feel about because I was literally just now before this call I was at a local meetup um, and, and there was you know there was a circle of of women only women and um, I decided you know what I'd, I'd love to get to know some more women in this tech scene so I gently introduced myself and we got to talking and I heard a lot of stories horror stories where like there was a a male coworker who just felt the need to explain topics like even if the woman presenting was more or less right and then you know she just made a mistake on some minor thing like like the person felt an overwhelming need to be right and would often say well you know i have more of a comment than a question and then continue to mansplain and she just because of those reasons, she was like, yeah, I don't even want to do talks at meetups anymore at all because um, I don't feel safe. Yes. And, and sadly, that I've, I see this so often in all of the circles that I run in. And yeah, that's, that's definitely something I want to help fight against, which is why that was my career tip. So Tejas, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? There's so many to choose from, Phil. 
you know, I, I started very early in my career, joined the team. And to be honest, I didn't have a lot of experience. I was very much a junior in kind of mid-level shoes. But, um, you know, my team lead or the person in charge, I feel like when you're a person in charge, you have a choice. The people you're in charge of, you can either build them up or you can just remind them that they're not ideal for the job and leave them where they are. So you can either raise them up or leave them where they are. Or worst case, you can tear them down. And unfortunately, my worst career moment was um, hearing on multiple occasions from my team lead and eventually the CTO, you know, we, we made a mistake hiring you. You should kill yourself. One of the moments was when I asked for a raise in my salary after two years of service. So I had actually gained a lot of experience and gotten quite good at this point to the point where other companies were willing to hire me for more. Um, I'd asked for a raise and, you know, CTO just laughed at me and said, hey, you're not worth it. Nobody would pay you that. That's interesting to hear. Yeah. So <laughs> what what did you do? I quit. <laughs> I, you did? Yeah. So I normally do not negotiate salary unless I have leverage. And the, the whole time I'd been looking around for other things because I was so, you know, unhappy at this place. Um, so... I, I'd been looking around and I actually found out that I was worth more than I thought I was because of the working culture there. And so I, fi- I received a very nice offer from another company and I was quite shocked. I even wrote the boss um, who interviewed me for the new job. I wrote him multiple times. I said, hey, I may not be able to fill these shoes. I do not know if I have what it takes and so on. And he said, you know what? It doesn't matter. You can learn it. And so he was the kind of leader who actually built people up. Whereas where I was, where I quit from, was the kind of leader to not. And so I knew that. I actually, more than the money was the feeling that the new place, the boss believed in me, whereas, you know, my old place didn't. So I realized, okay, well, developer jobs are in demand. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, right? There's fewer developers and a lot of demand. So I was like, you know what? I quit. And it was the greatest thing I've ever done. Like I, I look back with nothing at all that even remotely looks like regret because I recently, like a couple of weeks ago, heard that another person under the same boss also quit for the same reasons. So I think it was healthy. So moving away from your worst moment, can you tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I would have to say I'm currently living my career highlights. Like like it feels, you know, I'm extremely thankful because today feels like each day I wake up and in the context of my career, each day I wake up and go to work feels like the new best day at my job. You know, um, I'm thankful I get to go to work with, with the best team I've ever worked on. I have a lot of freedom. I get to choose technology. Um, if you're talking about more concrete moments, I think one of the highlights was, and this is not to my credit, but to the credit of my team, we had budgeted two days to build a feature. And because of the tooling that my team had built, I was able to implement this feature in 15 minutes. So from 48 hours to 15 minutes. And, you know, that was one of the moments I had to like step back from the computer and go, whoa. Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah. And so <laughs> for me, that, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to find moments more satisfying. I think if I was your boss at that point, I'd be challenging your estimation process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, but also I think in terms of highlights, I, I recently... Um, you know, gave a talk at a, a conference called React Finland. Yep. I think every conference and meetup I ever speak at is a highlight because of the people I meet and the souls I encounter. Um, yes. But React Finland particularly, 
is stunning. Like it's well organized, it's small, it's nonprofit, and they put all the speakers in one hotel. So it's kind of like you're all in the same house together and it's like family. That was definitely a highlight. Tejas, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? We're living in an age where, like me personally as a web developer, the web is everywhere. There's a company here in Berlin, a good friend of mine, Adil, um, works there. It's called Relayer. And they're an IoT company. They put like, they work with the internet in like coffee machines. And so what excites me is that the web is a non-exhaustible resource. So I grew up in Qatar where the chief industry was like petroleum, which unfortunately is exhaustible. And, you know, the country is built on oil, but it's running out. Whereas with IT, it's sustainable. It's going to grow. And um, it seems like I'll always have a job, which for me is exciting. We're seeing things go more towards like serverless architecture, which is also exciting for me. So, you know, it used to be like you have these servers and then it became you have these virtually managed servers. And then, you know, we had the age of images and containers but now it's moving even more towards just functions. So you put a function in the cloud and like it gets called and that's your app. Yeah. Um, serverless, IoT, I think most fundamentally what, what excites me is the community. So we're seeing so many more underrepresented communities show up and it's beautiful. My goodness. I, I have friends like in Africa, I think of like uh, Hack Sultan and... Um, so many friends from India, like Adil or from Pakistan. And it's just like, we're seeing people of color. We're seeing women, we're seeing um, non-binary folk. Like, it's just beautiful to watch the community grow and um, come together. And so, yeah, IoT, serverless community. Also, Google recently announced some cool stuff at Google I.O. with AR. So I like all of it is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. So we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? I hope so. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? This is really interesting. So I, I have a very rare, dangerous, life-threatening, fatal illness, meaning I, I do so much as climb stairs or carry a backpack or open a heavy door and I die. I die very easily. Like I, like literally I've been in the emergency room from climbing stairs, from you know just doing any type of motion. And so for me, my options are quite limited. It was either sit in a chair and look at a screen and write stuff or die. <laughs> yes. So quite limiting. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I started writing code, as you mentioned in the introduction, I started writing code at age eight. Um, the reason is there's only so much you can do um, if you can't like be a boy and go to school and play outside. You no, know, you sit in front of a computer and you play with like HTML. Yeah. It's great to hear it hasn't held you back in that respect. So you've gone on to do something that you enjoy and you're able to now take that forward and attend conferences and speak. So that's fantastic. I think that's for me a strong motivator is the odds seem so stacked against me. So, so stacked against me. Like my mother did not expect me to live past 10th grade, right? And so I think that's a strong motivator for me to actually go to these conferences and speak. I think the underlying, one of the underlying messages is, hey, you can do it as well. Yes. You know, you, the odds may be stacked against you, but believe me, like if I can, without my, I have no degree, 
Um, I barely graduated high school. So if, if I can, you can't. Yep. Like, there's nothing that can ultimately hold you back if that's your path. What is the best career advice you've ever received? There's a lot. I, I've been thankful to, I, I am thankful to have been surrounded by so many wise, smart people. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind, which is probably you know the most significant, is I, I know of a person in a band who the band just started to get famous when, when they were young. And it's very easy when you're young to get caught up with, oh my goodness, people like me. They're spending money for me to sing. Or you know, in my case, oh my goodness, people like me. They're spending money to come speak at this conference, right? And I think some of the best advice I've ever heard was don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype because the same people who love you today may not tomorrow. And if you're basing your identity on what people say about you, um, that's building on an on a unstable foundation, I think. So for me, I've, I've always tried to not necessarily believe the hype or the things people are saying about me, for better or for worse, but to just kind of find my identity somewhere else. And what can be a more challenging question is, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Quit. Quit, quit IT. You suck. You will never be good. Kill yourself. <laughs> Literally, these were things said to me. That is quite a statement, definitely. Yeah. And I don't know, some of it must have been a joke, but it did not feel like it at the no. time. I've, I've, I've gone home crying and like I thought, maybe I suck. Maybe I'll never be anything. Uh, so definitely that, yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? I think I'd do exactly what I did. You know, I did a whole bunch of talks last year about how amazing JavaScript is because it's it's great if you're just starting out. It doesn't yell at you for inconsistent types. It just lets you kind of do your stuff and then coerces things to suit you, or at least it tries to. And for me as a beginner, this was amazing. So if I was just starting out in the code world, I would find JavaScript. Or rather, maybe JavaScript would find me, right? Yeah, so I'd find JavaScript and get on, get on that train. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? You know, I'm really comfortable doing talks and kind of developer advocacy stuff. I'm really comfortable about any type of front-end code, TypeScript, React, maybe not, you know, Angular and other frameworks. I'm, I'm more involved with React, but generally JavaScript and TypeScript, Babel, Webpack, all of this front-end stuff is not really challenging for me. Uh, that's not to say I'm like good or the best, but I, I'm comfortable yeah. My current challenge would be the ops or operation side of things, things like Kubernetes or, yeah, that type of... See, I don't even know what to, where to start because it's <laughs> such a black box. Yeah. I just say Kubernetes because that's like it scares me. But also backend development, I think, would be cool. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? For whatever reason, I've always always, always, since a young age, always been drawn to public speaking, to the stage. So I, you know, I grew up and I was, uh, I was very overweight, understandably so, because I had the sickness, so I couldn't exercise. Now, if you don't exercise, you know what happens. Moreover, my mother, God bless her, she would pacify me with food. So I asked her, hey, why can't I play outside like the other boys? And she would say, oh, no, 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 you're asking the wrong question. Here's some KFC. So because of that, I was very overweight. And all I wanted was for people, specifically girls, to like me. And so what I did was I kept searching for ways to be liked. People didn't like me because I was awkward. I never had social interaction because I didn't go out. And so I was very awkward. And 
you know, not sociable at all. Um, people often made fun of me. I was bullied and so on. And so what I ended up doing was I just Googled because that's what I knew how to do, right? Being in tech, I Googled and I searched for how to be cool, how to get people to like you and so on. And I, I read a lot of books. I did a lot of research. I spent months, if not years, learning stuff. And, you know, people today tell me I'm charismatic and, you know, fun to be around, but all of it, most of it is just learned. It's certainly not an act. It's something I, it's become natural to me, but um, for sure, it's something I've learned. So the soft skills, the greatest soft skills, I think, are communication, to be honest. Honest communication um, is a soft skill that I highly treasure. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? I love where I work, um, honestly, like, especially given that I'm, I'm quite public, like I do a lot of talks and stuff. There's often, you know, recruiters coming at me saying, hey, join us, hey, join us. And, and sometimes it's even, you know, the bigger companies, but I, I don't think I'd ever leave unless, you know, something like significantly huge, world-changing, major, altruistic, hopeful came out. My, my current career energizer is just working where I am because they encourage me to go to conferences, not because it does any good for the company, but because it makes me happy. And I'm, I'm literally energized. I go to work every day and my coworker, Fabian, he's French. I, I, <laughs> I, go, I go to work and almost the first thing in the morning he says to me is, he looks at me right with this look and he says, do you want to see something cool? And then he shows me something that energizes me. Mm-hmm. And then I sit with another one on my team and, you know, he asks me a question and then we pair a program and that energizes me. So I guess the people, the team around me and my boss, so the, my leaders who believe in me, these things energize me in my career. And what do you do away from the world of IT and technology? I play music. I love music. I've been drawn to music and art and metaphor. So I, I do a lot of music. I actually have an album coming out at some point. But also, I'm almost married, and so right now it's you know planning a wedding, and after that it will be figuring out what it's like to be married. Yes, I think we'll take up a significant amount of time. <laughs> and Tejas, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? People matter more than code. That's something I cannot express enough. Is that. People matter more than code. And I would even make the case, and I might be wrong, but I think soft skills matter a little bit more than hard ones. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? I'm so active on Twitter. It's almost a problem. So I'm on Twitter at Tejas Kumar underscore. I tweet a lot of sometimes tech, but also sometimes music and sometimes just rants about how I don't like mansplaining. (laughs) (laughs) I think Twitter is the best way. Tejas, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Absolutely. It's my total pleasure. Thank you for having me. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer Community Group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions, and thoughts on the future of the industry. 
Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.